Well, good evening, everybody. Merry Christmas. Woo. It's such a wonderful time of year, so a wonderful season. Are you guys ready for Christmas? Yeah? Everybody done Christmas shopping? All the food is cooked? We ready? <laughs> well, this time we're going to get ready to receive our tithes and offerings, so ushers, if you could please prepare for that. And uh, you know what's so crazy is today we're, we're getting ready for Christmas, and uh, I'm reminded of it that just last year, my wife and I realized we were going to have uh, twins. And so looking at our twins, our, our, our daughter, Leah, and my boy, our, our boy, Luke. <laughs> I got to make sure I say our boy, Luke, because it's not just my boy. But uh, it, it dawned on me on something. You know, Kat said it during worship. And many of us, we know the scripture for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son. And today I was holding my son, Luke, and I was looking at him. And all I could think about was... I could never do that. As I was looking at my son, all I could think about was I, could, I couldn't do that. Yet God, because he loves you and I so much, did that. He gave us not only his son, but he gave us his very best. And as I was holding my son Luke and I was reminded that last year we were, we were anticipating what's going to happen and and I could, all I could do is look at my son and go, I'm so thankful you're part of this family. And the truth is God gave his son so that you and I could be part of his family. And as we give unto the Lord, let us be reminded that whatever we give will never, ever be more than what God has already given to us. That's why we celebrate Christmas. And you might be visiting us for the very first time. And if that's you tonight, we ask that you don't feel obligated to give. In fact, receive this service to help you in your walk and celebrate Christmas with the Lord. Or maybe you're visiting us from another church and we want to encourage you to give wherever you regularly attend church services. But if you call New Hope your home church and this is where you give, would you know that as we continue to give unto the Lord, he continues to expand and invite more and more people to be a part of his family and you and I get to play a part in that. Would you bow your heads as we pray for our tithes and offerings tonight? Lord, on this eve of Christmas, we want to just thank you so much, Lord, for what this night is all about. That, Lord, this is where you gave us your very best. You gave us your son born in a manger. And, Lord, right now, as we give unto you, Lord, we do so because, Lord, we're part of your family because of what you did in that manger. And as we give it unto you, Lord, we pray that you would take it and you'll multiply it so that more and more people would be invited, be welcomed, and be a part of your ever-extending ohana. And so, Lord, we look forward to what you're going to do, Lord, as you change the lives of your people. And what a joy it is, Lord, that we get to be part of that. So, Lord, we thank you. We love you, and we're so grateful for this time that we call Christmas. In Jesus' name we pray, and we all said, amen. Amen. Thank you, Pastor Ben. You know, I think we were kind <clears> of <throat> chuckling because it's Luke and Leia. So the, those were the Star Wars fans. 
I, that's what I was thinking because you, you name your twins Luke and Leah, that's genius. I think it's good, good, good names. But welcome to our church, uh, our Christmas Eve service tonight. Everybody looks so sharp and hungry. Like we're hungry, hungry for the word of God, I hope. But tonight we're going to be talking about Christ, who is the evidence of God's love. Because love really should look like something. There's, there's an evidence when it comes to love. Just like how when you and I see someone do something good for someone, there's an evidence of a kind heart or evidence that someone loves someone. Uh, I just recently heard of a good friend of mine whose uh, daughter was proposed to. And so even during the season, there's a lot of love going around. And it was so beautiful because uh, uh, they were giving her roses and, and then here comes the, the fiancé and getting on his knees and, you know, asking her to, to uh, marry him. And she's screaming, jumping up and down, yes, yes, yes. And I'm bawling. I'm crying because I, I've known them for a while. And I'm thinking, what, a, what, a, what an occasion because you can, you can look at that video, not even listen to it and can see that there is love there. Like there is evidence of love that is shown. And what God did is he showed us the evidence of his love. He gave us Jesus Christ. And sometimes we don't realize that God really loves us. He is incredibly in love with us. And he wants to be with us forever. I remember growing up, like when I met Heidi, I met her when I was 12 years old. Heidi is my wife. We've been married for 27 years, been together for 34 years. So when I first met her, like I was in love I, I mean, the, the kind of love I thought was love, right? Then I met God, and I'm like, now that's love. But when I met her, and, and I, I gave her my heart, and you know when you're in junior high, you say, well, this is what we said. We said things like, you like go at me. <laughs> that, was the, that was the equivalent to, do you want to date? It was, you like go at me. It, or you said it through a friend. Or you'd have a piece of paper and you'd say, if yes, check here. If no, check here. So that was our text messaging. It was kind of slow, but at least it went through. You didn't have, need Wi-Fi or anything like that. You just needed friend-fi. So if the friends would pass it on, then they would get that message. But when I met Heidi, I, we were so in love. And this is what I used to write in all kinds of places. And I'm past the seven years of, you know, criminal activity, so I, I, it was in different areas of different uh, places. So this is what I would write. I would write, and if you know what I'm going to write, you can finish it. Sheldon loves, but it wasn't with an O. It was with a U, because that was more like more hip. Sheldon loves. <laughs> that's actually what it means. I mean, we didn't even know how to spell. I'm 12 years old. So Sheldon loves Heidi. How long? How do we spell forever? Four. And because we live in Hawaii? Ever. That's how we did it. Sheldon loves Heidi forever. And, 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 and thank God we're still here today. Because I think for some people, like some of my friends, like my friend Kyoki, he could have written Kyoki loves Rachel for now. <laughs> That's what he could have written because it was only like two weeks he was together. Or some of them could have been, you know, Kyoki loves Rachel for two months. <laughs> and, 
and that, and that, that's, that would have made sense. But in the beginning, you just think you're going to be with each other forever. Because that's, that's the love that you feel or that's, that's what you think is going to happen. And, and maybe for some of us, when we met our wife or husband, that that was the one that you said, this is going to be forever. Now, even though we may know of relationships that will come and go, and sometimes they don't end well, sometimes they end well, we know that God made us for relationships. That's why we have relationships. That's why we like friendships. That's why we like when we get likes, because we feel good about being liked. God created in us what is called relationship. So when we have relationship with people, whether it's friendships or, or family or marriage, th there's, there's something that takes place in a relationship that God wants to be a part of. And you know what is the best relationship he wants to be a part of? It's this personal relationship with you and I. That's why he gave us Jesus Christ. It's a personal gift to us. He's personal with us. He knows everything about us. He knows our past. He knows our present. And he definitely knows our future. And so he said, this is why I want to come to you. This is, I, wanna, I want to be with you. Not for now, not for two months. I want to be with you forever. That's God. He wants to be with us forever. That's why he gave us eternal life through Jesus Christ. We're going to take a look at a couple scriptures. And if you're giving your notes or if you have the church app, you can use that. But I want us to look at 1 John 4, verse 9. 1 John Chapter 4, verse 9. And this is what the Bible tells us. It says, by this, the love of God is revealed in us. That God has sent his one and only son into the world so that we may live through him. In other words, Jesus Christ is the evidence of God's love, his eternal love. And he wants us to live through him. Why? Because you and I don't have the capacity to love people the way God loves people. We love people conditionally. If they do well, then we love them more. Or if they, if they say the right things, then we'll trust them a little bit more. But God says, I'm going to show you a kind of love that is based solely on who I am. Because God, we, sometimes we say God has love, but really it's God is love. He doesn't have love. He is love. He is the very essence of what love is. That's where love comes from. That's why if you ever want to define what love is, you got to go back to the heart of God. That's where love comes from. But what do we learn when, when we hear of Mary and Joseph and the manger and, and even the... Remember when they went to the inn and there was no room at the inn and we read that? I want to clear some things up when we talk about the inn. And in Luke chapter 2, when we read about Joseph and Mary coming to that area, they were coming to their hometown for the census. They were going to take a census, and they were going to make sure that everybody was accounted for. And it says this in Luke chapter 2, in verse 4. So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea, to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him, and was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born. So she wasn't like uh, in labor on the donkey while they were going. They were there for a little while. So sometimes we, 
we think the story is that she was in labor and they were going across the desert. That's, no, 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 that would not have worked out well for Joseph. So she was, uh, while they were there, the time came for the baby to be born. And she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger because there was no guest room available for them. So it wasn't an inn like how we check into a hotel. It's like, oh, you guys got room for us? No, we're full. Oh, come on, we gotta stay in a small room. No, we don't have any more room. It's not a hotel. A guest room meant, especially in, these, in this specific time for the census, is that families stayed with families. So it wasn't a hotel room. It was families that had guest rooms that all the family rooms were taken, uh, was all filled. So when Joseph and Mary gets there, their whole entire families are there. Their relatives are there, so they took up all the guest rooms. So there was, there was, there was no guest room available for them. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them. And they were terrified. But the angel said to them, do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today, in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. And this will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly, a great company of the heavenly hosts appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth, peace to those on whom his favor rests. Now, here's the good news. When God sent the angels, it wasn't just for those guys at that time. It was so that we would understand that God has an incredible plan for mankind. That's you and I included. Don't think that just because you may not go to church or that, that may, you may have done things that are wrong that, or, or maybe you don't, you're not close to God or you don't even know God, that God doesn't have a plan and a purpose for you. The reason why you're gifted in the way you are, the reason why you, you dream those dreams and you have passions for different things, the reason why you have hope and the reason why you still hang on to life is because God has a purpose for you. And he sent us Jesus Christ to show us that there is evidence of God's love for us. He wanted us to know that he cares about us. So when this took place over 2,000 years ago, it's still relevant today because God is forever. He's a forever God. He's eternal. I want us to take a look at three things that may help us in this season that we're in or even in life in general that God wants us to be, especially if we know that Christ is the evidence of God's love. Because if we can be these kinds of people, it'll change our families, it'll change our life, it, it can change our community and even the world. And we may not think that, wow, one person, how does that affect everyone? Well, that's what happened with Jesus. One person changed the history of the human race. So God can definitely use one person. So here's the first thing, if we can understand this, is to be a conduit of God's love. To be a conduit of God's love. In other words, just like the guest room, they tried to make room for every person. They tried to accommodate for all of the people that were traveling, but they couldn't. So the hope is this, that maybe we can make room for our family members. Because tonight you might be with some family members that you're like, oh, man, he coming. She coming too. Oh, man. Or you don't approve of a relationship. And you're like, oh, she don't need to bring him. He don't need to bring her. 
We're, we're going to deal with that. We're going, we're going to be around people. We're going to be around family members. And sometimes it's hard. But God says, be a conduit of my love. Tonight and for the rest of our lives, take time to love people, even the difficult ones. And if you can't find a difficult person in your family, might be you. So 1 John <laughs> chapter 4, verse 19, it tells us, sorry, I had to, and I was just, that was just, you know, added bonus. That was free of charge. Uh, 1 John chapter 4, verse 19 says that we love because he first loved us. Talk about a, uh, a foundation that we live upon. If you ever have a hard time loving someone, come back to how much God loves us and that he first loved us. In the beginning, it was Christ in the world that I, I bring you good news. And this is Christ coming to the world for God so loved the world. But now it's Christ in us. If you're a believer, it's Christ in us, Christ in me, that God will use us as a conduit. That conduit is like a channel, a tube, or like a, like a PVC piping, or if you're an electrician, that piping that wiring goes through, or a tunnel that cars, cars will go from one side of the mountain to the next side, or the other side of the mountain, that there's a conduit, something that needs to transport something from some place to another place. That's what God is asking of us, that we would be a conduit of his love. In other words, if you have a hard time loving someone, you're probably loving them with your love like a human conditional kind of love. So if you ever have a hard time loving someone, just pray to God and say, God, I have a hard time loving this person. Can I be a conduit for you so that you can love them through me? Love them through me. Help me to be a conduit for you because God will use us to transport his love from his heart through us and then to other people. And the good news is that the people who are closest to us, they're going to be affected the most. If we're conduits of God's love, imagine how that changes our life and our family. Those, the, being, being a conduit, it's like being, a, being the messenger of God's love, that we carry his love. There are two things that I really, really, really enjoy uh, from two people that make me, not make me, but they make snacks. Uh, it's Carolyn's cornbread. And if you don't know who Carolyn is, that's okay. That's fine. I know who she is. It's her cornbread. And then Lindsay who makes uh, this peanut butter ball. So in this peanut butter ball, it's, um, first of all, it's peanut butter. Whatever else is in there don't matter. But there's a Hershey Kiss in there. So if you like chocolate and peanut butter, it's like you, you bite into this thing and then the music starts playing. It's like dun, 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 dun. Then you get to the middle, it's like bum, ba, da. It just, it, and just like everything is just wonderful. So these two things. When I see them walking toward me, first of all, when Carolyn brings me my personal pan, and I'm like, is that, is that, is that cornbread? But I don't, you know, I want to keep it cool because I don't want to, you know, that's not why she's my friend. It's not because she makes cornbread. I mean, if she wasn't my friend, I would still purchase it from her. But because she's my friend, she still makes it for me, which I truly enjoy. Now, when I see her, I, like, I become joyful. Even if she doesn't have the cornbread, because I know in the future she will make one. Maybe tomorrow, <laughs> if she's listening. <laughs> no, no, it's just plain, but for real. <laughs> but also, if, when I see Lindsay, and she, and, and she just pulls it out of her bag, and I am like a kid when I see these things, because I'm thinking, that is, I mean, when you see your favorite snack too, so don't act like I'm the only one. When someone pulls out the favorite snack of yours, don't you feel something? You feel so happy. 
like joyful, just from a little snack. My grandson was over the other day, and, and Heidi says to him, his name is Landon, she says, Landon, watch this. Now, I don't know what they're doing. And she pulls out a brand new package of peanut butter ball. And she pulls it out of her bag, and I'm like this, no, no way. I look at Landon, he's like, wow. <laughs> like, Gigi, you're right. Like, he gets super excited. Now, I get excited because of the gift that is given. But I so appreciate the person because without them, there is no gift. Without them, there's, there's no cornbread. Imagine what the world would be like if the person who made your favorite snack, your favorite meal, was no more. How devastating would that be? Maybe you're the person who does these things for people, and you know the joy on people when you make something and you give that to them, the joy that they, that they have, the joy on their heart. This is the feeling that people have when we are a conduit of God's love. They may not show it. They may not be like me and super excited, but there's something that changes inside of their heart. Like they have hope now. They, they have a future to look forward to. They have potential. All because you're a conduit of God's love. You as the delivery person, as delivering God's love, gives people hope and gives them joy. God didn't just randomly just say, okay, you're going to be a conduit of my love. No, he, he knew us even before we were born, created us, and gave us different gifts and passions. And God sees his love as very valuable and gives it to us so that we can deliver it to others. But the other thing is this, not just be a conduit, but be the voice of God's love. God gave us a voice. He gave us expression he, he gave us senses. And he, he, here in Hawaii, he has given us what we call the aloha spirit. That comes from him. That's the, the genuine love that we have for one another, that we see people. And tonight, I, I got to apologize to the children, and really not apologize, but what I am saying is get ready because you're going to have to greet every person when you go to auntie's or uncle's house or at your house because that's how we do what we do in Hawaii. We say hi to everyone. And then if you have a huge family, you got to kiss everybody goodbye. you got to honey, honey, every single person, everybody, even uncle without the teeth. you gotta, you got to kiss him too. <laughs> Think about it. There's, a, there's too much bad news in the world. Like we need good news. God wants us to be the good news, the voice of good news. He wants us to bring that to people. That's why 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 11 says, if anyone speaks, they should do so as one who speaks the very words of God. That's what the angels were doing. They were bringing the message of God. They were being God's voice, God's love to the shepherds in the field. Not, not just for them at that specific time, but for everyone. And they said, I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Here's what we can do. You and I, we can be the voice of God's love by bringing good news that will cause great joy to all people. Not putting people in categories, not counting them as lost, but seeing that there is something that God wants to build in them. That he's doing something in us and through us. And the question is, am I using my voice to speak the very words of God or do I use it for other things, to slander or speak negative or to complain or compare or criticize or gossip? We 
should be using our voice to encourage, to build up, to speak potential into people's lives and to contribute and add value to people. And it's difficult because our human nature wants us to say things. And it's like we, we, sometimes we'll say it and then it doesn't turn out right. So the Bible even tells us, be slow to speak, quick to listen. On the way up here, Heidi and I are driving in and we notice an ambulance way behind us. So we pull over and then the ambulance passes by and then we, uh, you know, come back onto the highway. And Heidi says, you know, I hear something like stuck in your tire. I said, what, like a rock or something? She goes, yeah, it's like tick, 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 tick. I'm like, oh, man, I hope it's not a screw or a nail. And she goes, yeah, I hope, not, I hope that's not a screw or a nail. And then she said this. Plus, you pulled over in a bad spot. There's like a lot of rubbish on the side. Now, I'll pause. I'll tell you what was happening in my mind. Heidi's not in here, right? Okay, good. So this is what was going on in my mind. I was thinking, pull over in a bad spot like I had choice. It's not like got parking stalls for ambulance when come behind us. Like, it's like, ah, oh, that's a good spot. No, you got to pull over. You don't have time to think. You can't, I can't evaluate the situation and say, oh, got screws over there. There's some rubble over there. No, you pull over. Get out of the way. Every second counts. I don't know who's in there. What if somebody is going through something that they got to get to the hospital and that one second mattered? So that was going on in my mind. You know what I told her? Nothing. I tell her not. I didn't say anything. You know, I you know I had to speak to myself. I said to myself, I said, wait a minute, maybe, 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 maybe Heidi was thinking that I'm just that good. Maybe Heidi's thinking, wow, my husband, he's so good at picking out good spots. Like he's the man. My man can pick out any spot on the side of the road and any time, even when there's an ambulance coming, even if you have to like. And, and just slide onto the side. He can drift and park. And so I, so I had to build myself up. And so I, I made myself look so good. But I think there's a screw in my tire. So either way, no good. But I had to. I had to, I had to rethink and say, wait a minute. She may not be meaning it the way I'm taking it. She may have just been saying it just... To say, and it wasn't intended to make me look bad or feel bad or feel like I don't know what I'm doing, but it sure felt like it. <laughs> but then I thought, you know what? Sometimes I'll speak in the way I speak because that's the only way I know how to speak. But Lord, if I can pause a little bit and listen to your voice, what are you saying to me? How can I respond to people? Or sometimes even be silent, let that subside, you know, we, we call it the blood, right? Our blood starts boiling. Whether it's, you know, I'm using myself, but we say the Filipino blood is boiling. Someone told me, it's my Puerto Rican blood. I'm telling you, it's my Puerto Rican blood. Someone else said, it's my Portuguese blood. I'm like, blood is blood? It's not like someone else's blood is real calm and our blood is boiling. It's just something in the human heart. And God says, I can help you with this. Let, let me speak into your life. Let me do something and build you up. And sometimes we have to let God speak to us so that we can be his voice to other people. The angels that came to the shepherds, they didn't come on their own behalf. They came as messengers of God. And then the last thing, maybe we can all be this, but be the evidence of God's love. Just be the evidence 
of his love. You know, when Jesus was born and there was no guest room available for him, the evidence of God's love wasn't forgotten or misplaced. Just because there was no room in the inn didn't mean that nothing could happen after that, that that was the end of the story. No, Mary and Joseph made sure that Jesus was taken care of. And when God gives us the evidence of his love and he shows us who he is, maybe we too can take good care of the love that he has shown us, the evidence of his love by sending us Jesus Christ. And now we can be the evidence of God's love for someone else. In the Bible, 1 Timothy chapter 1, verses 15 and 16, a man by the name of Paul, who we know of Paul the apostle, he had a life before Christ, and he, was, he, he persecuted Christians. He even put some of them in prison, even, even had some of them killed because he didn't understand what Christianity was all about until he met Jesus Christ. And he says this to a younger man by the name of Timothy. He says, here is a trustworthy saying that deserves full acceptance. Christ came into the world to save sinners of whom I am the worst. This is, this is Paul saying this. But for that very reason, I was shown mercy so that in me, the worst of sinners, Christ Jesus might display his immense patience as an example for those who would believe in him and receive eternal life. How often I hear people tell me, you know, I... I felt all alone and God showed up. He sent me someone. Or people will say, you know, I, I, was, I was like at the end of my rope and I, I called out to God and, and I don't know what it was, but there's something that happened in my heart that caused me to be here today. God is available and he gives us evidence of his love. And when Paul said, listen, I'm the worst of all sinners... What he was saying is, everyone has a chance to receive God's love. Every single person has an opportunity to receive his love. And if we're given that chance and that opportunity, how about we do something with it? I'm going to call Jamie to the keyboard. And I'm going to just tell a, a this story is um, when Heidi and I were still young, Heidi and I were teenage parents. I was 15 and she was 16 when we had our son. He's 31 now. And when we were at that age, we thought life was over. We thought, okay, this is, we're done. There's no way we can do this. And so we're struggling through this. And, and at that time, our son was, was a newborn. He's still a baby. And Heidi and I were at the bus stop at Alamoana on Oahu. And we're sitting down, and I can still feel the feeling of hopelessness. He just, you don't, you don't think there's a tomorrow. Like, you're only living from minute to minute. And you cannot see the joy in the future. And especially when people are passing by and they're all happy, you're thinking, that's, that's not real. That's not real. How can they be that happy? How come I'm like this? How, how can I feel like this? So as we're going through that, here comes this, this man. He just came up, actually he passed us by, came back and looked at Heidi and I and we're sitting on the curb and he looked at us, he said, he said, hey, I just want to let you know that you guys are going to be okay. You guys will be just fine. And then he walked away and Heidi and I looked at each other like, who's this, who's this, who's this guy? 
And then we turned to look where he went. He was gone. Now, you know, people have told me, they said, maybe that was an angel. Maybe, maybe that was like, like one of your ancestors visiting you. I'm like, no, I think that was a ninja. Because he like just disappeared that fast. And I don't know. Maybe God sent someone. Maybe, maybe it was an angel. I don't, I don't know. All I know is this. That that man was the evidence of God's love for Heidi and I. It was a turning point of our relationship being that young. We didn't know God. Heidi knew God, but I, and I knew about God. I just, I just never knew that he would care about me that much, that he would actually send someone to speak that into us. He didn't preach to us. He didn't give a scripture. All he said was, you guys are going to be okay. You're going to be just fine. That's all we needed to carry on to the next person who encouraged us, the next person who prayed for us, the next person who invited us to church, the next person who, who loved us and invested in us. You'd be surprised at what you're able to do when you're the evidence of God's love for other people. The joy that God gives to you and I is to be shared with the world. I'm going to invite our worship team to come up and they're going to do just that. They're going to help us understand and declare that God's joy is for the world. Can we welcome them up as they sing?
going to ask you to bow your heads for a moment and we'll pray together. Because I believe there are some here tonight that maybe you have been wondering if God sees you, if he loves you, if he even cares about you. But we're here to let you know that Christ is the evidence of God's love. And God has an incredible plan for every single person. That's why Jesus came. He brought joy to the world for all people. What qualifies you is not your goodness. It's not your background, your status, financially or socially. It's what qualifies you is God's love. We're accepted in the sight of God because of what Jesus did for us. And so if you're here tonight and you're saying, you know, I've never given Christ my heart. I've never let, I, I, didn't, I didn't even think God could love me. And you've never accepted God in your heart. You've never given him your life because you didn't know what it was going to look like and you're afraid. You don't know what's going to happen. Well, you can trust God. He has an unbelievable track record. He never fails us. He doesn't leave you. He doesn't abandon you. He is faithful. He is faithful to the end. And God will love you forever. I want to pray a prayer with you tonight. And if that's you, you're saying, now I want Jesus in my heart. As I say this prayer, you can repeat after me, but you just include the words. Include your heart. And here's our prayer. Heavenly Father, thank you for Jesus. Thank you for dying on the cross and rising from the grave to give me eternal life. I believe in you. And I thank you for filling me with your love forever. In Jesus' name I pray. With every head bowed and eyes closed, if you just said that prayer for the very first time, I want to pray over you. Could you just lift a hand real briefly and you're just saying, I, I, I said the prayer. I want Jesus in my life. Okay, God sees you too. Yeah, it's a personal prayer. God sees you too. God sees you back there. Okay. I'm looking over to my right side. Okay. Anybody else who said yes to Jesus? Okay, God sees you. Okay, God sees you too. Okay. God hears your prayer. You can put your hand down. God sees you too. Lord God, we do pray over these that just said yes to you. It's an eternal prayer. It's a prayer of salvation that we get to be with you forever in a place called heaven. It's a perfect place. We can't fathom it right now. We, we, we may not even be able to understand the capacity of the love that you have for us or even the, the way heaven is going to be. But we know this, that it's, it's going to be perfect. And so we pray your blessing over these that said yes to you. For all of us, Lord, even as believers, we pray that as we leave here tonight, understanding that, Jesus, you are the evidence of God's love, that we would be conduits of your love, that we would be your voice to a world in need of good news, in need of hearing how valuable they are and how valuable people are to you, that we would be as human beings the evidence of your love because you gave that to us so that we could do the same for others that you did for us, that we can encourage people, we can build them up, we can give them hope, we can pray for them. Maybe even just saying simple words that mean something that comes from you. Not just to throw words at people to make them feel good, but to hear your voice 
and to speak as if we speak the very words of God. So thank you for giving us that opportunity and that honor of showing people who Christ is, the evidence of God's love. We pray this in Jesus' name, and we all said together, amen, amen. Can we just welcome these that said yes to Jesus into the family of God? What a wonderful decision. And if you made that decision, I would want to uh, not just personally meet you, but we want to give you a free gift. It's a Bible with some reading material that will help you with your walk with Jesus Christ. And please come see us. We're at the yes table back there, and we want to give you that free gift, and it's for you to enjoy. Okay.